Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You could make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com and on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim. Fill that out and that's it. I always like to start with something interesting. And imagine if this happened to you. You're on an American Airlines flight. You're leaving El Paso bound for Chicago. Well, as the plane is taxiing to the active runway to take off, you look at your phone and you see a message and it says, I have a bomb. Wow. You look around, you see a lot of iPhone owners. They're looking the same way because they got the same message. So you alert the flight attendant who tells the captain and back to the gate, the plane goes. Now, once there, everyone has to get off the plane in a hurry. Bags are unloaded from the plane. They're all checked for bombs. And then the entire plane is checked. But guess what? There was no bomb. So what happened? A high school kid thought it'd be a funny prank to airdrop a message, I have a bomb. No word on how many people on the plane actually got the message. And yeah, he did get arrested. The plane delay over five hours. So you know what would be a really hilarious prank? That the kid has to share a jail cell with a big brute by the name of Dolores. Yeah. Hey, listen, you're about ready to get more tech smarts because every single thing, yeah, is a tech thing. Hey, our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 5254 is the way to join us. And if you're just too shy to come on a big-time radio show and podcast, I understand that. Maybe you might get a little nervous. So you can drop me your questions right on our website. Head over to commando.com, and in the upper right-hand corner, there's a link that says Email Kim. All right. Every single day, even on the weekends, I read the headlines at about 30 different sites to make sure that you're up to date on all things digital. And this is part of the show where I like to talk about, say, the top five things that are happening in tech news. And let's start by asking you a question. If someone slanders or causes harm to you, your family, or your business online, is there anything that you can do about it? Maybe it's all false damaging material. Well, up until now, you're pretty much out of luck, but hopefully that's changing. If a newspaper, magazine, radio show, TV station, they allowed someone to libel or harm you, here's the deal. You can sue for allowing the damaging lies to be published. But it's not the case on, say, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Yelp, Glassdoor, or thousands of other websites. There's a federal law that shields them from lawsuits no matter what they allow published. So, like, for example... ISIS terrorists, they have run wild on YouTube for so many years. But the Supreme Court is hearing a case of a California family whose daughter was killed in Paris as ISIS staged terrorist attacks in 2015. So the suit says Google knowingly allowed ISIS to use YouTube for its murders. Well, let me tell you, it's about time that big tech is held responsible for what it allows to be published. I mean, I don't even know why it's been taking so long. All right, number two on our list, yes, a massive Tesla recall. I don't expect Tesla to admit that its self-driving cars are dangerous, but if you own one, it's probably being recalled. After more than a dozen crashes involving Tesla's autopilot system, some of them fatal, uh, Tesla's recalling almost every self-driving Tesla made this year since 2016. That's a lot of cars, about 370,000 cars. Uh, the most common problems, ignoring traffic lights, driving straight through a left turn lane, yikes. Uh, driving to fire trucks and police cars with their lights flashing. I'm not really sure what's going on with that. Uh, the U.S. Department just says they have a criminal investigation of Tesla right now, but there's a video on the Tesla website. Uh, listen to what it says. The person in the driver's seat is only there for legal reasons. He is not doing anything. The car is driving itself. Uh, the problem is that the driver has no idea what the autopilot might do in the next two seconds, which, you know, always reminds me of a question. 
What does Elon Musk and a Tesla have in common? What does Elon Musk and a Tesla have in common? Aside from that, he owns the company. Well, they both have a hard time staying in their own lane. Uh, Number three in our list, is your job at risk because of AI? I'm talking about chat GPT could take your job. And it might be if you have some of the most vulnerable jobs. Now, I'll be the first to admit I've experimented using chat GPT on my radio show and podcast, but I can't really use it because it doesn't reflect my personality. Just like, here's the facts, ma'am. But there are a few job categories that ChatGPT could take right now. And I think the most vulnerable job is that of a writer, especially if you are writing internet articles, doing any type of product reviews, descriptions, user manuals. I'm talking about commercial copy writers, maybe bloggers. Now, this does include opinion writers because you have to put your yourself and your personal worldviews into whatever you're putting out. Now, the point is I am not crying wolf. It's only a short time before AI comes for paralegals, medical professionals, teaching assistants, programmers, and more. So if you're in any of those type of jobs, you better get ready right now. And I know what you're thinking. AI will never take away my job, Kim Commando, because only an idiot would do my job. Uh, Number four on our list, let's talk about hackers and ChatGPT. Because there's a reason why ChatGPT might steal your job. It's like having your own personal assistant right there at your fingertips. And it's so awesome. It's like 20 bucks a month. You're going to love it. But it's kind of expensive. So now there is a demand for free ChatGPT. But let me tell you something. ChatGPT is also free. You can pay 20 bucks to get the upgraded version, which means like if it's so busy, maybe you'll still be able to get in to use it. But there are fake ads out there promising quick, free, and easy access to AI using different apps and websites. They sound like this. We've got free access to ChatGPT. You just have to put in your credit card number, password, and private information. Now, one of these fake ads even linked to a credit card stealer. It's called Redline, and that will steal your passwords and other data stored right in your browser. Like, poof, it's just gone. So remember, there's only one way to use ChatGPT. You go to the website, openai.com. That's openai.com. Now, if you want to buy the pro version for 20 bucks a month, on that site, it's safe. Okay, Anywhere else, don't do it. Uh, next on our list is AI Ronning. Yes, ironing. If you hate to do chores, oh, I hate to do laundry. I think it is the absolute worst. I will wash the floors, do the dishes before I fold laundry. I don't know why. I just can't stand it. Well, some research out the University of Oxford says we're going to be doing 39% less chores all because of AI. Yes, we love this. So here are the top chores that AI is going to be taking over. One, grocery shopping. Think automated lists and robots to pick up all your groceries. Two, dishwashing. You know, maybe we'll have a dishwasher get all like that really bad crud off it or those pot and pans that you have to like use Brillo to. Uh, next on our list, cooking. I actually like to cook. Four, ironing and folding. Hate that. Oh, number five, laundry. Yes, I love that. So aside from that, you know, it's not going to be able to take care of your pets or take care of your kids. Not yet, but maybe someday, which reminds me the other day, Barry and I, we were having, you know, that little husband wife thing that goes on. Like, you know, what exactly are you doing around the house? Why am I having to do everything? So I actually said to him, I said, listen, you know, Barry, I love you, but you have to do more chores around the house. You have to do things. And Barry looked at me and he said, you know, can we just change the subject? I don't want to talk about that right now. And I said, okay. More chores around the house need to be done by you. He didn't laugh. I don't know why. I thought it was actually pretty clever. 
All right, coming up, some insider tips, tricks, and secrets that you don't want to miss. Like, for example, I know that you use YouTube to get how-to videos for everything, but do you know the insider secrets to use YouTube just like a pro? Well, you will. And also, you want to be careful downloading some of these new apps that say, you know, we're going to turn your face into this beautiful AI-created portrait, whatever it may be. And then also, what if you have an old TV? You can turn it into a smart TV by, you know, just spending like, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 bucks. It's really amazing. And then coming up in just a few moments, it's a question that I get asked on the show so many times. Where can I go online that is a legitimate job where I can make some decent money and not fall for a scam? So we have all that coming up as well as all of your fabulous phone calls that you never ever wanna miss on the Kim Commando Today podcast. Hey, our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 5254 is the way to join us. And here's the deal. Oh, I'm so excited to tell you all about this. We are in the midst of revamping all of our newsletters. You know, we send out about 20 million email newsletters every single month, and our open rate is incredible. It's like 65%. And if you're not familiar with email marketing, anything over 40% is pretty sweet. So here's the deal. We're getting ready to revamp the newsletters to give you everything more that you want and less ads in the newsletters. I know. Everybody's like, yes, thank you, Kim Commando. So I want you to sign up right now. Go to commando.com slash get free tips. Once again, that's commando.com slash get free tips. 100% free. You can unsubscribe at any time. That's, again, the address, commando.com slash get free tips. All right. How about we start with Ned in Cedar Rapids, Iowa? Hi there, Ned. Thank you. Uh, hey, thank you for taking this call. I'm a, I'm a longtime radio listener, and uh, the tips and shortcuts and cybersecurity advice that I picked up from your show and podcast uh, for my smartphone and, and the new laptop that I bought, a PC, um, it's invaluable to me. So well, thank, thank you. you. For, thank you, Ned. Um, so what's on uh, your mind today? Well, I, I have a question. Um, I have a, a, a 501c3 nonprofit that I've put together uh, that's uh, uh, both uh, state and federally uh, accredited. And, and uh, the last thing that I need for this business that I'm launching, um, I've actually spent about 10 years doing it, <laughs> and, uh, but I have everything I need for that except a website. And I just need, uh, like, some technical assistance for uh, my team on my end on how to put that website up. Uh, okay. it, it's, uh, it's over my, it's over my pay grade. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's okay. Uh, That's all right. You know what? You're a smart man. You know where to come for the answer. So let's just walk through some of the steps. And then after, um, if you have any questions, then, you know, I'm happy to talk to your folks or you can have them uh, reach out to me as well. Um, your first step is you get a, First step is you get a domain name. And you can go to places like GoDaddy or Namecheap, but I'd like to, we've used GoDaddy for years, and you get a domain and make sure that it ends in a, in a .org, okay, because you are a nonprofit organization. And so we're going to register that domain. Now, when you register it, I want you to make sure that it's always going to be an email address that you're always going to have and make that email address something that is not your primary email address. So you always know where the email's coming from. Okay. And you're going to need a physical address. And so make sure that's a good physical address that you're going to have for a long time. 
And don't let anybody else register this domain. I want you to do it so that this way you own it and you control it. I've heard from so many people over the years that they let somebody register the domain, they they go away, they don't know what happens to them, and then they can't figure out how to get their domain back. When you can, but it's a, a major hassle. Okay. Okay. So you're going to register the domain. Then the next step is wherever you register to the domain, they'll say, hey, do you need help building your website? And then they're going to charge you like $20 a month, $25 a month in order for you to house the website there. Because you're just getting started, let's just keep it simple, okay? So wherever you register the domain, it's going to have templates and tools to help you build a basic website. But what I also like about their templates and tools is that we are pretty confident that whether the person is on a Samsung tablet or on an iPhone or on a MacBook or on a Surface PC from Microsoft, is that the website's going to look good. Okay. Yep. And it's also what, what we call is responsive. And it's going to work all across the board. And that template is probably going to be able to have um, the right the right elements so that when you want to get indexed by Google, it'll do that. Like, for example, you need about us. You need terms and conditions. You need a mailing address. And so, so it's going to have all that stuff built in there. Okay. Okay. So basically, in over a weekend, you could have yourself a website if you did just those three things. Okay. Uh, I'm, and there's there's one other thing that I'm working on for that 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 this uh, this uh, group will need. Uh, uh, we kind of earn our money for this charitable foundation the the old way. We we work for it, <laughs> and we we literally put on fundraising events and. For people to go, I, I need the ability of this website for people to go online and order tickets online for this event. Uh, okay. And it's just, like I said, an item that's just kind of over my pay grade, you know, how to get that done. Um, well, you know, for, for ticketing and events and management, uh, fundraising management, yep. that's where you're going to look for, a, you're going to look at another tool. And... Uh, the tools that, that I'm thinking of is that you will have it, – it's one package that will handle the donations, mm-hmm. um, how, how often they donate, whether it's a recurring donation or if it's just a one-time, where you could have events, uh, you could do outreach, you could schedule volunteers for these events. And so it's all comprehensive. And for that – even though you're a nonprofit, they give you a discount. Okay. But for those, you're probably looking at anywhere between 50 to maybe, depending upon the size of the organization, since you're getting started, it's relatively small. So it's probably going to be about 50 to maybe $100 a month mm-hmm. in order to use that type of management uh, program. But let me do this. Let me do some research because there's been some recent changes mm-hmm. in a lot of these companies have been like selling and buying out and bigger companies absorbing them. And so what I want to do is I don't want to give you out any uh, – I don't want to give you a personal recommendation right now until I do my own research to see who's still in business and who's getting bought out. And I don't know why there's a consolidation happening in that space. So uh, we have your email address. Let's make sure we have your email address. And then this way we can um, send that out to you. And for everybody else, we'll post that list over inside the Commando community. That's commando.com slash community where we'll post our recommendations for membership database programs and uh, what we call CMS programs that you can use with your nonprofit. And Ned, thank you so much for your call.
You know, building a website is one thing. I mean, just because you build it doesn't mean that they are going to come. So you always have to think of how am I going to be promoting my website? So, of course, you're going to be using social media. You want to create engaging posts and share great content and start using hashtags to increase your reach. But don't forget about search engine optimization. That is so underrated. That's so important in order to get people to come to your website. Email marketing, very important. You might have to buy some online ads eventually. Content marketing, that's where you're going to start putting out blog posts and infographics. Um, One thing that I do love that nonprofits do is that maybe you can collaborate with other nonprofits if you have similar goals and audiences, and it really can help you reach a wider audience and then increase that exposure. So building the website is one thing. You need to have a whole marketing plan behind it. And uh, Ned, if you need any any help afterwards, just know I'm always here for you. And as a uh, self-made entrepreneur, and I've done all this, I'm always eager to pass along my know-how. All right, let's talk about working at home right now. And these are jobs that pay around $20 per hour. Now, keep in mind, there's no commute, but you always need certain skills. But you can usually work whatever hours that you want to from the comfort of your home, a coffee shop, or Maybe if you're roaming the country in an RV. So let's start by being a bookkeeper. That's right. You can keep track of financial documents. That's where you're going to prepare cash flow statements, do those bank reconciliations. Uh, Next on our list, if you have any experience in marketing or public relations, you could be able to snag a job online as a marketing coordinator. And three, if you're comfortable with a computer, you can type fairly fast. Uh, Look into data entry positions. They like to see skills from folks who have maybe worked as an admin assistant or maybe a receptionist. Now, all these jobs I told you about, they pay pretty much the same, about $20 per hour. Now, don't Google these jobs. Do not do that or else you might get scammed. So what I want you to do is hit my website. We have links to these jobs, a whole bunch more over at commando.com. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O.com. All right, coming up, how to turn that old TV into a smart TV. And we have more of your great phone calls on the Kim Commando Today podcast. I know that you're seeing all these people that are using these AI, beautiful portrait generated apps, but you have to be really, really careful which ones that you use. And I've got a list of the bad ones coming up, as well as some tips on how to use YouTube like a pro. But let's talk about your old TV right now. If you have an old TV laying around, you're like, oh my gosh, I just wish it was a smart TV, but I don't want to have to go buy a brand new TV. You can turn that old TV into a smart TV for about 30 bucks. And it's a big secret that the TV makers, they don't want you to know this. But as long as your old TV has an HDMI port, you can use it to watch your favorite streaming shows on Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, HBO, and more. Now, all you need is a streaming service dongle, that's what they call it, that plugs right into the TV's HDMI port. So you've got a couple of solid options. Uh, First, if you're an Amazon Prime member, the $20 Amazon Fire TV stick, wow, Great. It's going to give you movie shows and music on Prime Video and also Prime Audio. Next up, Google Chromecast. has been around for a long time. Works great, too. For about 30 bucks, you have access to any streaming service that has an app on your iPhone or Android, which is all of them. Now, if you want the ultimate streaming stick, it's hard to beat the $30 Roku Streaming Stick Plus. Now, you want the Plus one. So just name the streaming service, and you're going to have it plus live news along with sports. That's why they call it that plus. Uh, You'll find links to all three streaming doggles right now over at commando.com. All right, Michael in San Antonio, Texas. Glad to have you with us. So um, I have AT&T 
1G or 1 gig speed and a regular gateway, which includes the modem and the router. But the issue I have is the speed at which I get at the devices Wi-Fi-wise. And so my question is, is it worth getting a Nighthawk router to coincide with the gateway and just turn off or disable the router feature? Or um, would it be beneficial for me to use a Google Mesh or Aereo Network uh, to coincide with the gateway, would the speed increase? Um, and it's kind of funny. The funny story about this is uh, we've had this issue for a while. My daughter plays Fortnite, and she'd get kick uh, get kicked from games. And I'm like, ah, oh, just you know, re up again. You know, no big deal. But now I play, and when I get kicked, it's now <laughs> the end of the world. And I'm like, wait a minute. Um, so. Yeah, she's sort of listening to me right now, and she's kind of upset and laughing about that at the same time. <laughs> no, that's funny. It's like, okay, it was okay for you, but now that it's happening to me, no way. This is yeah. not happening in my world. Uh, yeah. Did you rent the hardware, or did you buy it? It's part of the actual cost. So it's like uh, I, I've been grandfathered into this plan of the, uh, the one gig power at $70 a month. Uh, so it's not mm-hmm. going to cost any less for me to buy uh, a, a Nighthawk router and, and then just use it. But my question, I guess, is, is it, um, would that help if it's going to be in one centralized location? And to give you more information, I have a 2,700 square foot house and my router is upstairs. And so, yeah, so it's. Okay. So let, so answer to your question. Yes. You need a mesh network. Okay. Uh, if you're renting, before you go out and take a look at a mesh network, I actually like Eero. That's the product that we use in, in our places. Uh, and that's E-E-R-O, and you can get that through Amazon. Um, it's now an Amazon brand. It used to not be, but now it's owned by Amazon. The, the What you can do, the reason why I asked if you rent it is you can ask them if they can give you something newer that's working on Wi-Fi 6. I did. As a matter of fact, I called about that, and the what they said – and I, I listened to one of your previous shows, and you mentioned something about the router being a WA2, and it is. And it, uh, even though they almost sounded proud of it, you mentioned it's not a good thing or it needs to be upgraded, which I don't know whether that has anything to do with speed. But I let's just let's take let's let's back up a little bit, mm-hmm. okay? Let's just let's just back up. Let's just take this all the way back. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Basically, what you have going on is you got the router coming in on the second floor of a 27-square-foot house. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. That, and on Wi-Fi, when you're playing, you're doing online gaming, is that it's sucking up a lot of the bandwidth. Uh-huh. And as your daughter experience and as you experience. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is to fix the network that's happening inside the house. Okay? Right. You've got a couple of options. Okay? is that you can ask your ISP for something. Not, we're not talking about security right now. We're talking about a standard called Wi-Fi 6. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you can ask them for something that's Wi-Fi 6. Now, if that doesn't work, then what you want to do is buy a mesh networking system. Mm-hmm. And you can buy a single uh, Eero router that will replace your router for about 150 bucks, mm-hmm. And that might do the trick. Otherwise... That for I don't know I think it's like three fifty four hundred bucks right now, 
is that you would get a mesh net mesh router mm -hmm. from Eero and then two satellites. And the, think of the satellites as the wireless repeaters because that's right. what they're going to do. Exactly. Now, the thing about a mesh network is that it's it's truly made for houses that are fairly larger, like yours, mm -hmm. you know, over, say, 1,000, 1,500 square feet, multiple levels. So that's really what the solution is here, is that we're going to see if we can get because you are renting something better. We're not talking about a security standard. We're talking about a Wi-Fi standard or to get a mesh network. I mean, you could try other things. You can move the location of the Wi-Fi. It doesn't sound like that's possible. Uh, you, can change the you can change the channel. And if you want to see how your Wi-Fi is actually performing in this house, that's where you want to look at, say, uh, an app, like a Wi-Fi analyzer app, so you can see exactly where the signal's ending and where it's picking up. But I think it sounds like you just need to replace what you have in there and put it in a mesh network. And then you and your daughter can play Fortnite and have big old smiles on your face as you're doing it because you're not going to be dropping out or getting kicked out of the game. Michael, thank you for your call. Hang on. We're going to send you some additional information by email. All right. Just a reminder. Anytime you put a new router into service in your house, I always want you to make sure that you change the default password to that router. Why? So your neighbors can't hop on your network and use your internet and use your Wi-Fi. And maybe you don't care. Well, you should. And you will care when the police come knocking at your door because the neighbors were doing something illegal online. And then that's all traced back to your IP address. And you're like, hey, it wasn't me. And they're like, okay, prove it, buddy. All right. The number one search site in the world, well, for now, is Google. Number two is YouTube. YouTube can be found, here's a little fun fact, in more than 100 countries in 80 different languages. Wow. So here are some hidden tricks to use it like a pro. Number one, let's say you want to find live events. Of course, you can go to the YouTube main screen and start fumbling around. But no, what you want to do is be that pro. Just type the word live after your search phrase. And then you can also browse upcoming and current live stream events. You can pick out the ones you want to watch. And then if you're on your computer, there's a select live in the left column. And if you're on mobile, just open the app, tap explore, and then live. Uh, next is you want to narrow your search. I mean, YouTube says they have more than 2 billion monthly logged in users. Get this, posting 500 hours of content every single minute. Wow, 500 hours every minute. So it might be a little hard to find exactly what you're looking for. So you want to start using some phrases like, say, for example, uh, Spider-Man news this week or this month. So start putting some date parameters. Now, there's also filters as a drop-down box, and that's where you can also put in a date range from the last hour to this year. Uh, next, you want to find the actual music video, not the parodies because there's just so many of them. So that's why you want to say, for example, uh, Lady Gaga, and you want to say partner because with these are going to be official videos. You can also make a playlist of songs. This is so much fun. So going back to Lady Gaga... You can type in the Lady Gaga playlist. Your results will include uh, fan-made compilations as well as any songs that she does, including Poker Face. That's right, Poker Face. Uh, and finally, you can find a movie to watch. Uh, try A Star is Born movie. Just put the word movie after that. You may have to buy it. Sometimes it's, it's pay. Sometimes it's free. And some other search tips is, number one, always use quotation marks to find the exact phrase that you're looking for. And finally, I'm going to leave you with this. Add the word long to your search to find videos longer than 20 minutes, 
and short for videos less than four minutes. So it's longer for 20 and then short for less than four minutes. And I don't know what's going on with my YouTube account. YouTube keeps showing me videos of vice presidents dancing for some reason. It, it must be the Al Gore rhythm. Ooh, that's bad. Okay. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we have more of your phone calls as well as some malware apps I don't want you to download. I want you to take them off your phone. And you got more of me, Kim Commando. Um, Eileen from Baltimore, Maryland. Hello there, Eileen. Hi, Kim. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. You betcha. What's going on? Well, over the past couple months, I seem to be getting more spam than I normally do. I always copy and paste it into an email and send it back to Xfinity or Amazon, whoever I get the spam calls from, the spam uh, emails from. And I don't understand why I'm doing it. I do have um, anti-spam protection on my computer. I did go in last night, and I found another section which said for allowing advanced anti-spam. But I, when I send it back to Xfinity, I would think maybe it would not, it would get stopped the next time. But it doesn't even show up in their spam boxes when I go directly to them versus using my Outlook. What say you? Okay. Well, well, let's let's talk about how if this was a really great idea, but it may not be the best idea. Okay. See, here's what happens, and I know you have all good intentions, but let me tell you what's happening behind the scenes because spammers are not really, you know, the nicest people in town, right? Right. So when you open up that spam email, because your full intention is like, oh, I'm going to turn this over to Xfinity and I'm going to make them shut this down because, you know, they're annoying me and everybody else in the world. So, but when you open up that email, unbeknownst to you, there's a secret beacon, little tiny beacon, it's a pixel and it gets sent back to the spammer servers and the spammer servers go, whoa, Eileen, she opened our email. And guess what? She hung on for a while. She was in that email for a little bit. So we get to, we get to know that Eileen is really a great spam reader. So we're going to put her to the top of the line. Actually, I, I right click and I don't open it. And I just automatically put it in an email before I open it. Oh, okay. Because... Oh, all right, because I thought you were opening it up when you said, like, you know, you, you op- copied and pasted it. Well, no, I right-click while it's in the email list, and then I paste it, and then I delete it, and then send it to them. I, I, I right-click, make a copy of it before opening it, put it in an email, and send it off to, like, Xfinity, and then I delete it. I, I try not to open any of them. You know, even that action might be enough for the spammers to know that you took action on it. Okay. So I wouldn't put it totally past. So, you know, so the big thing that when you get spam is you just delete it. Got it. You just, or leave, have it go directly to the junk folder. Trust me, these people at Xvinny, they got their hands full. They really do. I mean, and they probably are trying to stop it from the beginning. But let's talk about what you want to do. Um, the other thing is you have to look at your email address. Uh, if this is an email address that you've had for a long time, you're probably on every spammer's list. I hate to break it to you. And especially if your email address is only a couple of, say it's less than eight characters, that it's probably on everybody's list. Okay. Because that's how we used to have email addresses. Okay. So so it may be time for you to start thinking about email a smart way. 
And I'm not saying you have to get rid of your primary email address, but what we're going to do is start using email addresses for other things. So, for example, if you subscribe to our newsletters, it would be you'd have a different email address for that. When you go shopping, you have a different email address. The whole idea is that if one address gets compromised, is that you're not out of luck and then you're not looking with this sea of spam. So if you are on Apple products, for example, they have something called hide my email. I would encourage you to start using that. And what that does is that gives you a unique email address and then Apple will handle it. And if an email address gets compromised, you start seeing spam come in from it. You can just not use that email address, but it's not your primary email address. Okay. If you're on Gmail, is that, or any other service that you can start having alias addresses put forth. And with the alias is just, it's as easy as saying like, uh, fabulous Eileen plus Amazon at whatever it is. And then anything after the plus, your email server will ignore that. But so now we know if somebody, you start getting email at fabulous Eileen plus and that Amazon afterward, you know, like, oh, somebody there uh, spilled the beans on my email and now I'm getting put on all kinds of lists. So you want to start having separate email addresses to prevent spam from flooding your actual email um, email inbox. So you also want to check your spam filters. You said that. Make sure that it's set to the highest level of sensitivity and you have different levels of that. You know, anytime that you're using a email filtering service or tool is that you want to make sure that putting all of your email, your good email into the junk folder. And there's normally ways you can say that, that this is not junk. But instead of trying to look at the problem, you want to look at the symptom of the problem. The symptom is, is that your email address is on every list. Now we got to figure out how to get that back. And the problem is, you know, what are we going to do with it? And that's by increasing your sensitivity of your email filtering and then start using various email addresses. Eileen, thank you so much for your call. Spam. Oh, it's so annoying, isn't it? I just wish it would all go away for once and for all. I mean, but think about this. It must be brutal trying to make legitimate phone calls from the headquarters of the Hormel Foods Corporation. I mean, think about that. I mean, your caller ID would always show up as potential spam. Mm. I know. I'm sorry about that. So OpenAI has this online AI art generator. It's called Dolly. Um, it's available to everyone. You can create art that's only limited by your imagination. So you could say, I want a grasshopper sitting on top of a flamingo in the middle of Central Park in New York City, whatever it may be. It's, it's actually a lot of fun. So if you have a few extra moments, head over to openai.com and just try it. It's, it's really, really mind-blowing. But let's talk about these AI portrait apps. Google took some steps to remove several of them from the Play Store recently because they were using malware to actually steal information off of your phone. I'm talking about your contacts and maybe even your passwords. There was the Pista cartoon photo effect and the new profile or picture. Uh, they have malware called Face Stealer. Isn't that nice? Uh, some other apps that I want to make sure that you don't have on your phones. One is called Tunify Me, and it used fleeceware to enroll you into subscriptions with high fees. Uh, fun coloring, paint by number, and sketch cartoon. They had adware, which just bombarded you with all these ads on your device. Uh, face photo and create cartoon. They also used face stealers. So here's what I want you to do. Check this list. If you have any of them on your phone, I want you to remove them. You can find the list right now at commando.com. And you can find me there. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O.com. 
This program is a copyrighted production of Westar Multimedia Entertainment and protected by the copyright laws. Any rebroadcast or use of this program for commercial, business, economic, or financial purposes without the written permission of Westar Multimedia Entertainment is strictly prohibited.